0: It. And he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Quincy to coil! And oh! the Leafs are mulched again! Hey there, welcome to the Nesson Bruins podcast. I'm Nesson.com's Logan Mullen, joined once again by Nesson.com's Mike Cole. Mike what's happening yo yo there's no Lauren this week I think she's sick uh, but Mike and I are in the office right now and there is a uh, a wide array of Bruins news how many weeks worth of news do you think has come out in the last 24 hours Let's re-record this at 2 p.m. on Tuesday
1: compared to what we've dealt with this year probably two weeks this is two weeks worth of 2021 Bruins news <laughs>
0: yeah no, non-injury related yeah, news right. too. like there's been news but nothing with this kind of substance um I don't know. Let's just run through it. I mean, quickly to catch up in the last 24 hours, uh, Brad Marchand's been suspended three games for slew footing Oliver Ekman Larson. Jake DeBrusque wants a trade and Bruce Cassidy has COVID. And I think those are the three big ones. The Bruins are about to play the Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday night. By the time you're listening to this, that game will probably have already happened. Um, but Marshawn will be out against the Red Wings Thursday against the Nashville Predators on the road, and then Saturday at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then after that, the Bruins embark on a West Coast road trip where the first game Marshawn is eligible to return is next Wednesday against the Canucks in Vancouver. Uh, so I'm sure that'll be fun. So, I don't know. I would say probably the bigger story is the fact that Jake DeBrusque wants a trade. Uh, so we can go ahead and start there. Ultimately, I don't think... It was one of those things where I was surprised in that. I was like, oh, hey, wow, this report's actually out there now. But there was no part of me that was surprised at all that this happened. This seemed like it was a long time coming. Judging by Don Sweeney's comments, it sounds like this had been on his radar for a little while, too. Uh, So, Mike, what say you?
1: Sounds like the player's getting impatient. Um, Yeah. Going off of what Sweeney said today, where he, to, to your point, mentioned that we've known about this for a while he also said it's not surprising that it came out uh, it depends how you define a while but then you start adding it up and it's like then it gets scratched on sunday all of a sudden after it comes out and it's just i don't know i i find that part of it interesting I always kind of trying to piece together when certain things happen and who said what and when um but to, to echo your point like it's it's not surprising uh, it just it feels like it's kind of run its course. Clearly it has. Uh you go back to what Bruce Cassidy said after last season ended, after they the, the the New York series. I basically just was like, I'm not gonna meet with the guy <laughs> for a week. Yeah. We're gonna let this one kinda cool off a little bit. That that was a pretty strong indication of where things were. It didn't feel like they did much in the off season to kind of not to say that they should build around Jake Debrusque, but it wasn't like he was it felt in hindsight especially that he was kind of like a forgotten man and we'll figure out where Jake goes and, and go from there. It was Just, the opposite of building around him right. because like they
0: signed Taylor Hall long
1: term. Right. And it's kinda of, we'll figure it out and hopefully we find lightning in a bottle with him and if not we'll deal with it when it gets to that point. And I think they're at that point now where the writing is kind of on the wall, Debrusque knows it, the team knows it and like I said, at a certain point like there are certain levers that agents or teams can pull and i think you know the, the brus camp got a little bit tired of waiting around for this to be resolved and here we are
0: yeah i mean we don't really know all the particulars of it but don sweeney saying that they've known about it for some time however long that is my guess and this is purely speculation is this probably started at some point last season or it was maybe gentle last season and gentle over the off season. Excuse me. That's great hosting. Um, but I think this was on the radar for a little while. and then Quite the, some time, he said. Yeah, and then the healthy scratch on Sunday was probably the last straw for the DeBrus camp where it was so like, all right, happened. now we can go public.
1: I got my timeline mixed up, and this is what I meant to say. He was scratched, and then it came out. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think that supports what I was saying that they were just kind of fed up with it, and like, let's just leak this and go. Like, yeah, it's kind of it like, forces Boston's hand. Yeah, anymore. deadlines. It's not a deadline, but deadlines do lead to action, and this is as close to a deadline as you could have.
0: Well, you can't hide from it anymore, right. right? If you're the Bruins, like you, you have to address it. I mean, who knows? Don Sweeney spoke Tuesday that probably doesn't happen if Bruce Cassidy doesn't get COVID. I don't know. Maybe he was going to anyways, um, but. You know, the, the Bruins are tackling this relatively head on. I mean, Cam Neely confirmed it last night on Monday night, rather, to the Athletic. Don Sweeney addressed it Tuesday, made multiple remarks that he wasn't surprised by this. So I I don't know. They're, they're at some sort of weird spot. It just seems like it was irreparable at this point. And Jake DeBruskin is in a contract year. So he can't be waiting around getting healthy scratched. where every time I'm sure he has a perceived misstep, he feels like he's getting healthy scratched or demoted or whatever. So if you're trying to get a raise from the whatever it is, three and a quarter that he's making now getting healthy scratched a month into the season for a team that's down somebody already. Uh, is probably not a great look, and then the Bruins, for their part, can't afford to wait around for DeBrusque to figure it out.
1: Well, then they've seen it. Like it's just at a certain point, you got to cut bait. Like it's, he's been given a lot of chances.
0: The definition of insanity is doing the same sure. thing over and over again, and so expecting a different result.
1: Go trade him for another player who can play in the NHL, and what's the worst that can happen? Right, he's Jake DeBrusque. Not that's unfair to Jake DeBrusque, like. Jake
0: DeBrusk is a twenty goal scorer, sure. Best, so like you're it not going to go like. trade
1: him for like the equivalent of like 2016 John John Scott, but like, I mean, maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. That'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but my point was is, yeah, you might as well just like then you can bring in a new piece and try it out, and it's the unknown is almost the benefit here for the it's Bruins. Exciting yeah, it, which is probably not the way to look at it. Not a great way to build a roster. But I do think that they've been so head-on about it, either expresses or speaks to the, the amount of frustration they have with the situation or and or the optimism they have that they can find a deal. And I think that's kind of an opinion that I've maybe been allowed to modify upon hearing or seeing the report from... Uh, TSN's Ryan Rashog, who said as many as eight teams have already reached out to the Bruins about DeBrusque. So maybe the Bruins, like, everybody knows, like, or we're, you know, we're, we feel confident that we'll be able to get something in return. So why not meet you head on? I don't know. Well. Because you can't, like, what good is lying and what good does, you know, pretending like it's not there do at a certain point, especially once it's out?
0: Well, Don Sweeney was asked point blank about that report. Tuesday morning. And he just said, yeah, and then launched into a different answer. So he didn't deny it. And that report's probably equally good for the Bruins, right? So if you're the agent, you're drumming up interest in your client. If you're the Bruins, you're like, well, crap, I've got eight plus teams or teams around the league thinking there are all these guys coveting Jake DeBrusque. So that might drive up the price a little bit because then you look at and you say, well, you know, what do they see that maybe my team doesn't or something like that? Um, yeah, I, it's just, it's gotten to the point where if you're going to healthy scratch him, then what good is he doing on your roster? You know, and it just seems at this point that it is fresh start time and, and getting fresh starts, I think there is legitimacy to it. I think it can be an easy media narrative to latch onto, but there are examples of it happening. I think probably the best comparison for DeBrusque would be Kevin Fiala. Who had some good years in Nashville, then cratered, ended up on the fourth line, gets moved to Minnesota, and now is a useful piece for the wild. So, you know, you can envision a situation where Jake Debrusque ends up being a better player. Maybe he does, and if so, God bless him. But I don't think that at this point you can bank on it being with the Bruins. You just you can't wait any longer and let that asset
1: get worse and worse. Or mm-hmm. hurt. Or hurt. Or get COVID. Or any number of things. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I don't have anything else to
0: Any guesses about where he ends up? I've been thinking about this often. Like, I can so see a, a one-for-one, change-of-scenery, reclamation project kind of situation happening. Like, I think people are convinced that his value is completely tanked i'm not so sure that like i think they could still get an nhl roster player for him
1: yeah i i I agree that's like the that's
0: where you kind of have to yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it's either you get a fourth round pick or whatever or you can have a reclamation project which it's worth pointing
0: out that don sweeney multiple times tuesday said hockey trade
1: yes that's a that's a very fair point to to make i yeah i just it feels like western canada <laughs> i don't know yeah like calgary or edmonton always feel like the types of teams that would be willing to take on that and it might make sense especially for a team like edmonton i don't know what they would have to give up but like well they've always been linked to them too whenever yeah. there is a depressed and it's just, trade rumor it kind of makes sense like yeah. just go play you know play loose if you want and go score a bunch of goals or try to score a bunch of goals defense be damned like that's the thing too is this may actually be just the perfect change of scenery player, where it's he wants to do something he thinks his skill set is best suited for something, It clearly is, and it jibes with what the Bruins want to do, and it just was never gonna work. Like it's just not the player he is, and you can sit there trying to f- fit a square peg in a round hole, but at a certain point, you might as well just trade, trade him to another square peg or s- square hole. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. At this point, I have no clue who the Bruins could get on the Oilers. Edmonton or a him. team
1: like that feels like a much better it, fit, though. It does. So
0: I, I've gone back and forth because you know one of the Ducks guys that I follow on Twitter mentioned Adam Henrique, and that is a take that I've actually started to talk myself into. Now he makes way too much money, as it is, that it probably wouldn't be palatable for the Bruins, but if you get the Ducks to retain some level of the salary – I can see Adam Henrique being a very good fit for the Bruins, where you know you can put him on the wing if you want, but he is capable of centering a line. He probably slots in as your third line center, and that way you're not tied to having Eric Halla in that role. And then you know if if the, you find a way to make the money work, then you find a way to make the money work, and you have a guy who's capable of you know playmaking and putting up points and plays a relatively harder nose game and you know, plays. First line left wing on occasion for the Ducks. So I can see something like that happening, um, but it, it's tough to peg. He is old. Was he, 33? 31. 31, yeah. An
1: old, 31. He's been around since his first full season was 11-12. Yeah, that was with the Devils. Yeah, be. which not, is not a – should not be – maybe it should be a disqualifier for somebody that they want to bring. Or maybe it's just that's the hand that you're going to be forced to play. But, like, how many middle-aged veterans can you have in that middle-to-bottom six? I don't know. Yeah. But if that's what you're looking – like, if you think that's the – if you think your best option is to play the type of hockey that you feel most comfortable playing and right. you want to just build a roster that can do that, that's fine. I mean, you're going to lose some games 3-1 because you can't put the puck in the net. But, I mean – Again, a, we've seen them count- try on guys who are goal scorers and it just doesn't work. A
0: counter argument I guess, would be – you know, if if you get a to continue with the Adam Henrique theme, yeah. is if you go for someone like that, you more so know what you're getting than if you you know take the the route that the Wild did with Kevin Fiala, where it's basically a lottery ticket. It's like, well, it might work out, but if the Bruins are tired of gambling on their forward prospects, and they're like, you know what, we just want somebody that we know, can, you know, we can put at the third line center, set it and forget it, and he does a fine enough job, then I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the approach they would prefer to take instead of dealing with even more uncertainty. I don't know.
1: That's fine. I yeah. At the end of the day, you're trading a pending UFA who is hit rock bottom. So like, you can't yeah. really. He's be, an RFA, I think. or excuse me, RFA. Um, who's hit basically rock bottom? Like yeah. it's it is what it is. At a certain point, you can't be too too picky. No, you can't.
0: Phil Kessel. Sure,
1: yeah. I, mean, I have no idea how they make that work. That again, yeah. You keep throwing out these <laughs> ridiculous ideas.
0: Well, I've seen the Phil Kessel thing floating around. I think ninety percent of the time it's a joke, but I I so easily want to dismiss it. But there have been times where I've allowed myself to think, well, the the um the Coyotes—that's who he plays yes, for. Yes, that is who. He plays. Um, you know, th- they'd be getting rid of an expiring contract. They probably could. Um retain money on it and if they get I mean if you're the Coyotes and you know that Kessel's walking this offseason anyways why wouldn't you hold on to half or 60 percent or three quarters of that contract knowing that all right you're basically paying him to play for someone else this season but you get Jake Dabrowski and you have his uh free agency
1: rights yeah it's worth a shot yeah uh,
0: I I mean Phil Kessel has trade protection I have no idea if he would even want to come to Boston I I would be inclined to say the Bruins are not on his eighteen list.
1: I would um, not want to if I were him. No. Nah. No, I'm just gonna chill out here in the desert, guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just get my, you know, eighteen goals a season at this point and won two cups. Be on my oh, merry cool. way. Uh so the other piece of news is Brad Marchand getting suspended three games. Uh a slew foot of Oliver Ekman Larson. I I will be honest with you. I watched the play about 12 times trying to find where specifically the slew foot was and that was just because it didn't look like a super traditional one you know you look at like the Kevin LeBanc one or the you know the PK Subam ones that have occasionally happened this season and Marshawn one did at times look like guys just getting tangled up but he's done enough in his career now to warrant not really getting the benefit of the doubt so three games seem steep but overall probably not surprising
1: are we in the trust tree
0: we are i don't know what you, a slew me, foot and whoever's is whoever's listening i don't know what a slew foot is
1: i know what a slew foot is theoretically but i don't know what it is in practice in terms of yes. how it's 1000% defined by the nhl or how it's ruled i also think we need to rework the wording or the guidelines or is this am i just am i naive or ignorant to the To the actual guidelines in terms of repeat offenders. Yeah, well, it's weird because the repeat offender label is only for salary that you lose. They, the NHL and Marshawn, said that that his past was part of this ruling, and I just, I don't know. Maybe if he had gone ten years without doing something, you know what I mean? At what point do you get rid of that burden? And it. On the other hand, though, maybe that's fair. I don't know. Like, maybe that's the penance you have to pay for, for your sins. I He feels clean. Like, he feels like he's done a very good job of cleaning up his game. You look at what the league has done or haven't done to somebody like P.K. Subban when it comes sure. to this sort of infraction. I it It just... I don't disagree necessarily with suspending a guy for what he did. It, I I can look at it and be like, yeah, that was a dangerous play. I think the fact that it happened so close to the boards, just where and when it happened didn't help his case. So fine. You want to say that, then fine. But it just feels like the route in which we took to get there is just so unclear to me that I don't think that that just is going to lead to inconsistency when it comes to this sort of thing, and that's what bothers me about the entire process.
0: Well, so when the suspension came down, everybody started crying about PK Subban, and I mean, he literally ended Pavel Buchnevich or not Pavel Buchnevich, um Sammy Blaze' season, who I believe was traded for Pavel Buchchnevich, but Killed he, him. uh yeah, with a slew foot and nothing really happened and you know people are griping about that, and I, I understand it. And I want to be like, well, this is a false equivalency. But I stopped short of that because I don't think there's such a thing as a true equivalency. Like, it, to make your point, it it's all over the map about what a slew foot is. There's just, there's no consistency. And so, sometimes this guy's getting tangled up. Other times, it's an egregious P.K. Suman on Milan Lucic coming up behind him <laughs> and swiping his leg and, you know, ass over tea kettle goes Milan. So, I think that's what probably should make it harder for Bruins fans to swallow than anything else is, you know, you can point to other examples and say, well, why wasn't this suspended as intensely, especially with Subban, but like, you know, there's the Kevin LeBanc one. And that is where I look at and I say, Marshawn got two more games for being Brad Marshawn. And that, you know, I, it's right or wrong. That's how it is. You know that and that's of how which he readily admitted Tuesday that is the product of how he tried to break into the league. He thought his way of staying in the n h l was by going right up to the line occasionally he'd go over it, and at the time he was obviously a skilled player, but he's certainly not the player he is now or has been the last four years, and so you know the way I ultimately see it is. For the rest of his career, I know I'll have a hard time giving Tom Wilson the benefit of the doubt. And while Tom Wilson isn't exactly the most appropriate comp for Brad Marchand, you shouldn't give Brad Marchand the same benefit of the doubt if you're not going to do it for Tom Wilson and people who have a lengthy history with the Department of Player Safety. Yeah, that's fair. So, I I mean, he seemed frustrated by the whole
1: ordeal. Um, Understandable. I mean, he's their best player, and yeah. they're in a really important stretch. Or, I mean, they're all important, but. I wonder how
0: much worse it makes it for him, too, that Ekman Larson later boards Anton Bleed and puts Anton Bleed out. Like, I I know if you're Marshawn, you're probably not hoping that you hurt the guy on the play, but the fact that Ekman Larson had a potentially line crossing play himself. And heard nothing from the Department of Player Safety while Marshawn gets a three game ban.
1: That uh that game next week's sneaky interesting all of a sudden. Yeah. So, I mean Are you gonna be awake for it? I no, think it's not at like nine ch- or ten. Not a chance. Yeah. Nope.
0: That, that'll be a watch it in the morning one most likely. Definitely. Like any good <laughs> duo podcast host, so just watch it over again. As long as you watch I'm it. I'm sure again. Lauren will be doing the same thing.
1: Definitely.
0: Um so Bruce Cassidy has COVID. Uh we were Who's coaching tonight? Uh, Joe Sacco. Okay. Joe Sacco's coaching. Uh, They might have goalie Bob on the bench. They might have Kim Branfold on the bench. Uh, So you might see a few new faces back there. Um, It was kind of a surprise. So basically what happened, I was at Morning Skate this morning, and everyone's there, and all of a sudden there's just, like, this report that, um, you know, or the Bruins released their statement that says, hey, Bruce Cassidy has COVID, and that was it. And That was right before the PR guys walked in, so I'm pretty sure Bruins Media Relations fired that off and then was like, all right, who do you guys want to talk to today? Um, So that was a whole to-do. But, yeah, the fact that Don Sweeney said that there has been uh, mild symptoms for Bruce Cassidy leads me to believe he's tested positive. I don't want to speculate too much on that, but it sounds like Bruce Cassidy might have contracted COVID. Either way, the Bruins are without him. For the time being, so really piecing things together.
1: Yeah, I mean, the timing is not great of any of this stuff. It's uh, and it's all linked somehow, right? Like Marshawn's gone; he's your best best player. Now you got to fill that spot. I, what can the coach whip up? Oh, the coach has COVID, so he's not at. You I know, f- I feel like cassie
0: can still help from afar. I game,
1: understand, so. but in the game, there are certain things that can be done. Uh, and then, yeah, okay, well, who do we call up? And, well, you can't do that because there's a COVID outbreak in Providence. Yeah.
0: yeah, so that story hasn't gotten as much play as it probably should have. So, yesterday, Mark Diver, who covers the P. Bruins closer than anybody, was like, oh, it looks like there's a bunch of positive COVID tests. And they were on a bus. I think they had to go to Hershey this weekend. And so they were on a bus together for a long time. And then today, it ended up snowballing to where there are a double digit number of positive tests in Providence so Sweeney says today that they're on lockdown was how he put it. they have a game Friday
1: they can't call anybody up yeah
0: yeah and so the Bruins literally cannot call anybody up so with Marshawn suspended and bleed hurt they automatically had to put Jake DeBrusque and Eric Halla uh, into the lineup like there was no choice they had to put them in and now the only healthy scratch is Connor Clifton and so they have twenty-one players on their twenty-three man roster. And I I mean, if a forward gets hurt, it might be Connor Clifton playing saying, fourth that, line right wing. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. And if you I mean, if you lose two players in a single game again, then I don't know what they would do because they play again, what, Thursday? And yeah. I have a hard time believing that if Providence has double-digit positive COVID tests, that that lockdown's getting lifted by then.
1: Um, yeah. Maybe they
0: bring Lee Stemniak back yeah, for got, another Has tour. this
1: happened yet? I, like, is it, if there's been, cause
0: that, well, I think that's kind of what the Islanders were arguing because yeah. the NHL at first wasn't canceling Islanders right. games, and they're basically like, we're calling up our entire Bridgeport team. Like, why are we
1: playing? But, I mean, the opposite, though. Like, without an AHL team, it's, you can't really tell the team not to play we can't yeah. tell the Bruin like the NHL team not to play but
0: yeah I mean as long as they're capable of dressing a full roster which right now they can right. I mean the the NHL probably doesn't care one way or the other about how many healthy scratches
1: you have I mean that's just like you cannot touch that team right now
0: okay. no no <laughs> it, it would put them in a very precarious spot yeah. uh, especially for a one game road trip against Nashville because that's the thing is the Nashville games on the road but Saturday against the Lightning is back at home, so it's an altogether weird situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of you'd have to be like a bad situation would have to get immeasurably worse for them to be in that spot. Like it, for yeah. them to lose two guys in the coming three games would be tough. But
0: at this rate, I mean, yeah, I mean the the maybe the Red Wings can be tough to play against. I mean, sure. they've they've got some big. That dudes. has to be.
1: That's got to be part of. The game plan for anybody playing the bruins right now
0: yeah i mean th- I, physical. W- you'd be beaten down too right like sure. it, it would not take much to break me and maybe that's the difference between you know you me and a professional hockey player hockey players but yeah that's fair it's it's a very dicey time for the bruins it feels like things have been so calm with the bruins for so long like even when char was leaving and krug was leaving like Those are things that obviously cause a stir, but it's been a while since I can remember like chaos almost. Yeah. It's still
1: manageable. And it's
0: still right. I mean, you know, it it could be, it's not the Canucks from last year, right? Where everyone hated a player and said player gets moved and all that nonsense. So it could be worse, but it's also a very bizarre and unusual situation. Bizarre might not be the right word. Um, any other thoughts? Any other players no. you want to float around? As, uh, maybe the Jake DeBrus situation will finally help my uh, Danny DeKaiser to the Bruins idea come to pass. Danny DeKaiser also has Feels COVID oh, or oh. is on the COVID list, so he won't play Jeez. for the Red Wings against the Bruins. So that's uh, no audition. No no audition for the uh, whatever he is, 30-year-old Danny DeKaiser. The
1: Olympics have to be on yeah. the – on the fritz the what if ruins Which, are the team that breaks the camel's back on that one have because the, have you seen the team usa jerseys yeah they're hideous it's yeah. probably better off that we just don't do this it's probably true yeah. yeah but yeah like there's the i mean the they, they can it's a get out of jail card for the, the nhl when it comes to the, uh, the olympics right yeah With covid
0: uh, i mean we probably have i, I don't know what the They'd cutoff day would be but it's probably crossed the, new the threshold year, yeah right and yeah there, it's getting to the point where Why? I mean, we've already had two Senators games canceled. I think a couple more Islanders games canceled. Like, if you get to the point where, you know, you're canceling Bruins games or you're canceling other teams, then you start to get into a precarious spot.
1: And you've got new strains and everything and variants, and that's, I mean... If there's any resistance to getting boosters. The Winter Olympics, just in general, feel like that. I don't know, I haven't seen, like, headlines about that the last couple of days with all the Omicron stuff, but that feels like we're... We're like a couple of bad steps away from losing the Olympics. Yeah, I at not this be, point I'd say it's like a, the Olympics in general, not just hockey.
0: I'd say it's a coin flip at this point. Maybe like a slightly weighted coin to where it's like 60% they'll go, 40% they won't, but like I am not convinced at this point that it's a sure thing that they'll go.
1: Oh, there's no controversy whatsoever when it comes to China and or covid yeah. or the intersection Do you want to dive t- into some international <laughs> relations i think that's why i should probably leave
0: it. <laughs> all right eat we'll call it there uh this has been the nesson bruins podcast i uh,
1: expect to talk yeah.
0: <laughs> follow us on twitter for more takes on uh the <laughs> world uh, but that's mike i'm logan maybe next time lauren will be with us uh like subscribe rate review all that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcast and until next time we'll see you